you know you have made it in life when they slap you and you literally turn the left cheek. Then I say, Lord, did you see that? I turned the left cheek. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Some Christians will actually open their mouth and be bragging on bad things. Huh. You are lucky. I know what I used to be. You are, you are still that thing. That's why you are talking like that. <laughs> are, you, are you getting my point? If you are really changed, you should, you should be ashamed of what you used to be. You should be ashamed of it. Not, uh, I know what I used to be. According to one guy. <laughs> It's just because I gave my life to God. <laughs> no, you don't brag on, you know, because it was wrong, that's why, that's why you went on a change mission. So now that you have achieved the change, you don't brag on it. Listen, what the Bible says, if you continue looking at where you came from, you will have opportunity to return. It's a spiritual law. If you remember, you close your eyes to it. You push it away. So all things have passed away. You are getting my point here. This, that's, I'm trying to emphasize the primary assignment that we have as believers. That's the primary assignment. Not to do things outwardly. Not to preach the gospel. No, that's not the primary assignment. Not to give to ministry. That's not the primary assignment. Not to start a ministry. No, that's not the primary assignment. Not to go on missions. That's not the primary assignment. Those are secondary assignments. The primary assignment, the primary calling, the primary calling for our lives is that we become exactly like him in every aspect. The emphasis for today is that we, if we find any area of our lives that is not conforming to that, it's, a, it's, a, it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an assignment. It's an operation we work on. It's a target we say, say this one, no, I must conquer this area. There are traits you see in the, in the scriptures. You say, ah, I like this. I like this. Let me, I'll just give you a few examples. There are many things we find in the scripture. No, I, I always like use this as an example. That, let's take husband and wife relationship. There, there are things that are clear in the scriptures. But they, they are not modern. For example, the Bible says that if, um, Sarah respected her husband so much, she called him what? Lord. Of course, just to clarify quickly. The word Lord is not appropriate English for us today. Not because I'm afraid of what the Bible says, no. It's just that that was how they addressed the rulers, elders. David is men will call him, call him my Lord. So that's what you find that came down in our courts till today. Alright? So in the courts, they, everybody calls the judge my Lord. So modern day now, we use the word sir. So if Sarah wanted to talk to Abraham, she will, talk, she will say, sir, I want, can, can I tell you something? You know, the way you talk to your pastor as an example, the way you talk to your boss in the office, that was why she did it. Now, it's not exactly a natural fleshly, the, what the flesh will do for a man you are so cordial with, you are so close with. You, are, you literally see him naked. You know, there was one, <laughs> did I tell you this story before? I think I'll give you the gist of one, uh, one um, there was this guy, anyway, let's make it up. I think it was a laughing. Real story, not a joke. His wife was playing with him one day. He was bathing. So the wife was bathing him, rubbing his back. He said, ah, hey, my Lord. Now in quotes now, that the king. So this is all of you. Everybody's afraid of you like this. this you're not even a big person, sir. <laughs> hey. He said, the man said, what did you say? He said, I'm just wondering why everybody's afraid of you. Look, is that not you? <laughs> he. The man got up. I said, no problem. He called his uh, palace guy. He said they should go and bring her father's head. And her father was an influential person in the society. 
So they went to the, her house, killed the man, removed his head, brought it for her on a platter. And he told the, her, that's why everybody's afraid of me. Just to the wife. Now you understand why everybody is afraid of me. <laughs> I said, we're quiet. I'm not going to kill anybody. <laughs> now, so that's what the flesh does. But the Bible now says something. That whose daughters you are, if you continue in the faith and all of that, what does that tell you? That becomes a target. doesn't mean it's easy. It becomes what? A target. He said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Love is patient. Love is kind. Let's use the King James English. Love is long-suffering. You will suffer for a long time. Are you getting my point? That's it. Now, it's not that my wife knows I don't take rubbish. You, it's part of it. You have to take some rubbish. Love is what? Long rubbish. You get my point? Long-suffering. <laughs> now, I'm saying a lot of this in that. So when we find things in the scriptures... They become what? Targets. Let me give you another illustration. Some time ago, I was a student then. Now, let me explain the concept of money that time so that you will understand how it was, the value. If I needed to eat a meal, a complete good meal, not management meal, I wanted to eat and be satisfied as a student, I needed one naira. Okay? So I went to our bucateria, I had one naira, I ate well. For one naira, my meal was complete. So one day, I saw a sister... They came to her, she came to our room, some of her friends. There was some brother that was playing with her and took 20 naira from her bag. Joking, you understand? And gave it back to her. So she just said, oh, no, 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 or you can have it. <laughs> I looked at her again. You can have it. That's how he just dashed somebody off the cuff, 20 bucks. That was six days, almost seven days eating. Yes, 21 naira for Yes. So whatever it is to get a proper meal today, just imagine what it was. So multiply three meals for seven days. That's, this guy just tossed away like that. You know the truth? It didn't cross my mother. Her father was rich or poor. I didn't, I didn't even know. So a human being can give this out. So there, that day, I said, Lord, this is an operational level a man must step into. That was my own. So I said, hey, this is doable. So one day, one of our brothers was in my room. And I said, ah, he needs to buy a shirt too. Good quality shirt that time. It will cost about, uh, is it between 30 and 50 naira, you know. We used to call them package shirts those days, all right. They were imported, very good quality shirts. So he said, so that he's going to get some money and buy a shirt. He needs a new shirt. I just got up, opened my box, brought out 20 naira and gave to him. My friend, he almost collapsed. <laughs> So he came to me afterwards like, why did you do that? I said, I just wanted to do it. He tried to understand, is there a deal that you guys are doing? You know, is there something behind that I don't understand? No, I just wanted to give out that money. That's what I'm talking talk, talk about, cheerful giver. Look, I said something you become. I just saw it. I said, ah, so this is doable. You know, the other day, me and you were talking, Apostle. I said that when you look at, I mean, you're a preacher, we preachers see all kinds of things. Okay? I'm talking about money now. I said, for, from experiences and everything, by the time I finished reading the Bible, okay, I haven't studied the scriptures, after observing everybody's experiences on money and all of my own personal experiences, you know, remember what I told you? I said, I prayed one prayer to God that there's one thing I want you to do for me, money wise, as a preacher. 
And guess what that is? I can share it with you. I said, Paul said, I have coveted nobody's goods. I said, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. That spirit that Paul had, that he said, I have coveted nobody's goods. He said, I must have it. I said, that's what I'm asking you for. The same Paul said, I've learned to abound. I've learned to abase. Let me explain what I'm going to say. That is, Paul will go and minister in a church that there are multi-millionaires counting in dollars. And he wouldn't notice who was rich, who was poor. He would just preach his message and walk away without thinking. Did the generation good? This was as rich as they are. Is that what they are going to give somebody as generation? Did they know that ministry costs money? Paul said, I have learned how to be the same, independent of circumstances. That is, Paul will finish preaching. He will walk out and say, later on he wants to talk. He said, you guys were there. Did I ask anybody for a dime? He said, I have converted nobody's goods. I read that scripture. I said, God, that's what I'm asking for. I'm not asking you for money. That's not the issue. The issue now, Lord, is please. Let me be able to operate like this. These are things you are seeing ahead. So you prayed and said, Father, please, this one, let me not do. Look, he's working in you. It's not your effort. It's God that's working. That's what I'm trying to teach today. Because you have to allow him work. You have to allow him build you. You have to allow him transform you. What I'm just emphasizing that you must be in mind that that is the primary work. Every other thing is added, padded. They just add it on the side. The primary thing, because once you are like that, you'll be amazed at what he can do through you. Jesus said, once they are with me, they can receive authority. I will give them authority. They will do all kinds of works in my name. But they first have to be with me. So he came out and chose those who will be with him. So they can be with him and then they can send them out to go and preach and they can have authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. Look, and again, said something when God was giving him the power, the anointing to heal. He said, listen, people will be willing to part with huge amounts of money to participate in this anointing. He said, but you, be careful about money. He warned him about it. That many of my servants where I gave anointing, they lost it. Why? They loved money. So he warned him ahead, be careful about money. I'm talking about becoming faithful, becoming Christ-like. Listen, there's not, look, I want us to understand something. There's nothing like this man is good, this man is bad. No, all of us are bad. Many good people, they are bad, has not had the opportunity to show itself. So everyone you think they don't love money is because they are rich. So you are fighting over 2,000. It's not a big deal. They have 50. The dead month, God said, let me show you how wicked that fellow is. You make him broke and then show, you, show him money and they tell you, watch. You will see that this guy is a thief. Yes. And like I said to us before, using the example of David, David thought he was a good man until he murdered Raya. He, did, he thought he was a good man. When he was killing some... You know, it's now you understand some things. It's not everything you do. God doesn't talk, doesn't mean he likes it. Many of the things David did, we just overlook it. If it's modern day, the armor will go to jail for war crimes. Yeah. Go read the story of David. Many of the things he did. If he tries it now, I am convinced. Now, thinking about it. That when David will just go, because he wants to pay bright price, 
his, his crazy father-in-law decided that he wanted foreskin. So the man wants bread price, he'll go and pick fights that nobody's fighting and kill. Once you're a man, he kills you and you're a Philistine. And he cuts, he circumcises you and goes to give. He said, okay, bring 50, give 100. Go and give his father-in-law. Say, I want to marry your daughter. And this human being, you killed. That's why I didn't let him build a temple. It's for things like that. You, see, you don't know the way God is. If you have to, look, listen. I'm happy you take time out like this to come and learn. Read the scriptures. The way God behaves, some things he doesn't talk about, but doesn't mean he agrees. David said, I want to build them. For who? Me? <laughs> Me, I will enter the temple that you built. <laughs> he told him straight, you're a man of blood. Just leave, leave that matter. Your son will build it. So when you see, you know, you know, we must know how to judge just walk with God. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let him transform you. Don't worry about some, some of those guys. Because David did doesn't mean God liked it. That's what I'm emphasizing. Because David did doesn't mean God liked it. Many of the things those men did, the Lord didn't like. But he just, he just overlooked. What am I saying? So David was one of those things. God was overlooking. Then he carried it as far. Azuriah. That's where I'm going with all the talk. Looked like a good man. He thought he was a good man. And God said, this man is about to die thinking he's a good man. He's getting old now. And he's, he's, he's crossing his prime. He still thinks he's good. What we want to do in his life, we can't do. So let's let him understand that he's a bad man. I will say some things. It will be difficult to, but I'm convinced about it, but I won't be dogmatic. This is my conviction. For certain reasons, God wanted Uriah to die. I don't know the reason. Whether it was for his sin or something else, I don't know. But the Lord said, all right, what are we going to do? Uriah is going to die, right? Okay, so let's use him to prove to David that he's a wicked soul. So that's why I just left Uriah's wife there. The angels that used to... That man's angels used to block it when he's walking. Don't see this girl. Don't see this girl. (laughs) David, when Nabal died, you know what he did? They all have, Nabal has died. He's dead. <laughs> Abigail. <laughs> if I said you are going to laugh, why did he go like This is a circumstance for listening. The army of the living God, go and check. They say, you marry the king's daughter. Ah, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, all the way they will be going, the angel said, This man is dangerful. <laughs> Used to block his eyes there and there. But that day, they removed their hands and left him just to prove a point to him. Just to prove a point to him. You know the rest of the story. He took Bathsheba, Bathsheba became pregnant. Decided to cover it. And he that covers his sin will not prosper. But what God just wanted was for the man to acknowledge. Go ahead, Jeremiah chapter 3. He said, Only acknowledge your iniquity. When he took Bathsheba, God said, Just acknowledge. This is what I've been telling you all this while. That the way your eye does to and fro is not good. 
The man said, no, we'll settle that one later. Quickly, let's cover this matter. When he decided, let us cover. I said, fine. The Lord, oh God, may God not deal with you the way he did with David. No, no, really. Because what he did to David, it scares me. You know why it's scary? If I said, don't worry, I'll forgive you. Nevertheless. Ha! If I just say, okay, nevertheless, don't say I'm forgiving you. Because once you say you have forgiven, that will come back again. Because I have forgiven you. Nevertheless, the sword will not depart from your house. What God did to David. You know what I'm convinced about? God said, I want everybody to fear. Next time they want to disobey me. Taught David a very harsh lesson. Harsh. Well, that's why when he said that, deal kindly with the boy. For my sake, about Absalom. He knew why he was saying that. He knew Absalom was not in control. A spirit of rebellion had come out of this, 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 from the spiritual realm, possessed the little boy. The boy was triggered into rebellion as punishment for David. That's why David was begging Joab, please deal kindly with him for my sake. What am I going to say? So you see, what do we do? Whatever is inside our hearts that's not right, he said, that's my, your primary assignment. Work on it. How do you do it? That's what I'm talking about. Let me just explain that, then I will close. First John chapter 1, don't bother to open it to you. We know the scripture very well. If we shall confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I said before, God understands. Our Father understands that people have flesh, they do what is wrong. He said, but I don't understand if they will not accept correction. They do what is wrong, I can understand. I correct them, they don't accept, that one I can't take. Many people are stubborn concerning what is wrong because they don't know what to do about it. God said, just acknowledge your iniquity. That's why John said it like to us, 1 John chapter 1, that if we confess our sins, we are faith, he's faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and then cleanse us of the unrighteous attitude inside the heart that causes those things that to come out of our, you know, out of us, out of our members. I said, was it Tuesday I preached that message? When I was talking about this. That people continue in sin because they are not convinced. Yeah, that's about maybe in this particular series, about two or meetings ago. I explained that. That when people are convinced that something is wrong, God can help them to change it. But what I'm teaching you today is that it's work for God. To work on your character. Please go and listen to our series, Habitation of God, and then the path of progress in the life of a believer. Those are two different series of messages we have there. Please go and listen to them. Because that's God's work. I don't have all the time now to explain it. God says, listen, what I'm doing, alright, is bringing you up to the level where I want you to be. And you are working with me if you are working like that. That you find any flaw in your life, you work on it. You don't explain it away. You work on it. That's work for God. That is work for God. How do you do it? You bring it out, lay it before him, and pray about it. Every flaw, everything that is short in your life, for you say all I've, all I've seen, I'm you know, falling short of the glory of God. Anything that is short in your life, of the standard of God, you bring... In the day I was giving an example. Even trivial things like you, you have the habit of promising people you will call and you will not call. Those little habits... I make a promise, I will call, I don't call. It's part of it. Why? It's short of God's standards. 
There are things that are obviously bad that we all know. Let's not even bother talking about them. I'm talking about the standard of God is very high for us. Achieving those levels is, the, is God's work. Not just running to a church. Not just say, what's my ministry? Am I a preacher? Am I a teacher? Am I teaching? Those things are secondary. The first thing is the real calling. That calling is be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. It will cost us time. The effort is in there. It will cost us money. One of the things Christians must do, if you are going to improve in life, you must be hungry for knowledge. Yes, you must be hungry for knowledge. During our co-workers meeting this morning, I said something. No way. I was, we're just talking about things. I said, look, Okay, what led to it? I said, nobody should tell me I, I close late. This is that I preach for too long. <laughs> I said, anybody who's complaining has never been to a Christian meeting. <laughs> and for those who know Chris Delvan, you know what I'm talking about. Chris Delvan, if he's not in a hurry, he does four hours. Yeah, invite him to your church. Let us assume I, I have the capacity to invite him here. He comes here. Listen, I'll just tell everybody. That's how the meeting starting by two. Because if we start by five, I don't know when you will go home. <laughs> so we'll say it is two. So you can get home by seven, hopefully. All right? Now, why am I, why am I talking about it? So we're just saying, like, look, how many people here have been to Chris Evan meeting? And I said, but do you know one thing about believers? Listen to this. If you hear, if I explain that there's a kind of anointing. Now, listen. For example, some of us went for my alumni fellowship the other day, and the man came. All right? If you hear such things that this man ministers in a powerful manner, and you say, I've never heard him, do you know it's God's work for you to pack money, find out where next is ministering? Especially if he is going to be somewhere for a weekend, travel there. He doesn't know you are coming. You're not trying to shake his hands. You just want to sit under that unction. Travel there, go and sit down. Experience it. Be blessed by it. Buy a few tapes, buy some CDs, buy a book or two, and then you go back home. You know, very few of us Christians realize that that is working for God. Because, you see, you must go after these things. They are not going to come to you easily. Listen, I know very few Christians, I know a few, alright? I know a few. Who will pack money and travel, you know, travel abroad to go and listen to messages. I know a few, but I know a few, alright? Two or three in my head now. But I cannot count the number of Christians in my head, in my hands, my legs, who will pack money and children and travel for holiday. They do it all the time. I, the children, oh, we are going to Dubai for this holiday. We are going to Kenya for this holiday. We are going to London. We are going to America. They do it all the time. But if you told them that I'm going to listen to somebody preach for a weekend, where is it? In U.S., can't you buy the tape? That's how they would say. That's they, they, they look at you with, "Are you all right?" Three days, but they will carry wife and children, and disappear for one month, staying in people's houses, staying in hotels, enjoying themselves, and then come back home feeling refreshed. But you do it to go and listen to somebody teach for a weekend, or sit under an unction. They think something's wrong with you. Listen, discipleship is not cheap. As I said before, faith is a spiritual substance. God pours it to the heart that is worthy, not the heart that is most, uh, how do I say it? Not as if, uh, 
Uh, it's not like I've learned all the principles. It will not work. No, it's a spiritual substance. God said, let me see whether this thing is important to him. Then I pour faith into his heart. Let me see whether it's important to her. I will pour faith into her heart. But if you think, let me just go and cram one or two things so I can utter words and have faith. No, it doesn't work like that. God looks at the, your value. I talked about it at that time. Your value system. One thing Christians must have as a part of their personal development of their Christ-like nature is a quest to know, quest to understand. And I'm not talking about just a, it is willingness to part with money. When it costs you money, spend it. Like what I was talking about the minister just a few minutes ago now. If you hear so much about ah, this man is unction, and the class, you, people tell you that if you sit under this anointing, this is how you feel. Ah, this anointing doesn't come to any good. Then you go and meet the anointing where it is. God will just open the door for a friend of a friend will just say, oh, this particular minister is coming to Abuja. The, uh, can you come? Ah, you wait. This isn't the one they've been talking about. Ah, why not? You can't buy the flight ticket, bus, buy the bus ticket. And travel there. And sit down. It's a weekend. Sit down the morning, afternoon, and night. Collect the thing. That is how your life improves as a believer. Listen, when God finds that you are willing to do that, he will send them to where you are. Yes. When God sees the desire of your heart, listen to this. That is the work of God I'm talking about. When Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, listening to his words, that same Mary will gladly travel to where Jesus will be to go and listen to his words. That's what I'm emphasizing today. We must, listen, it's a, it's a work we are doing for God that, listen, I cannot remain like this. Most Christians are talking about, they are talking about prosperity. Ah, uh-uh, that's so man good day. This desire must not pass me by. <laughs> no. I am talking about, listen, my words must be purer. Than, it, that, that, than they ever were. My tongue should utter more edifying things. How do I go about it? Somebody say, look, you have to take time out. And I think that's what fasting is about. Not let me go hungry so that God can change his mind. No, it's let me concentrate on his word until I am transformed by the entrance of that word. What's my message there? That is God's work. God is working in your heart, showing you what you really are. And it says, walk with me in confession. If he exposes something to you, you confess it, you declare it, you walk on it. It's, I'm emphasizing the fact that that is what God calls walking for him first. That is that Christ is manifested visibly in your life. You pursue that every day. If anything will constitute a distraction, even if it appears like church work, you say, no, I'm not doing it. Are you getting my point? I remember once a man went to preach, uh, a man came to preach in my convention. So at the end of the day, that, that is, that's the first time and the last time that has happened to me. That a man was preaching and I was weeping throughout. Some of you didn't know I have tears in my eyes like that. <laughs> when it was done, the top of my shirt here was soaked. At the end of the day, when went to that minister to people. Okay, let them come forward and lay hands. Of course, naturally, they came to call me. I said, call who? I told my brother that I came to call me. They said, Baba, come, come. They want to lay hands. So he wanted me to join those who will be laying hands. I said, me, I need hands laid on me right now. I, no, I told him no. I said, no, 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 no. I said, no, no, please. This man came to minister to me. I'm not listening to anybody today. 
I still have the tape. I said, listen, I am not joining to lay hands on anybody. Some, some people, if you join a church, they give you what say I'm not doing. If you give me, I won't come back. Yes. But I said, sir, let me pay attention to you first. I want to hear. I don't want any distraction. Then when we have reached a particular level, eh, we can ask, okay, what is it? Is it sweeping? Don't worry, we'll sweep. But for now, I ain't sweeping anything. Unless you want me to come and sweep on Thursday night. <laughs> but once I show up, please, I want to pay attention. Because that is a primary work that God, is, that God wants us to do for him. Listen, your Christianity, your, I'm not talking about what people think. I'm talking about your personal life. It can't be the same next year as it was last year. No, it's not allowed. The patience of God, the way you react to challenges. Listen, in life, challenges will keep coming. Don't worry about it. Dollar will become something else. Don't worry about it. God is just checking. Let me see how my children are reacting. I'll show us later, all right? Of course, we read it before from the scriptures. The work we do. Sometimes you go to work. Your boss is difficult. God doesn't want you to leave. He said, that is Laban. Your name is Jacob. You will sit under that Laban until I finish purifying you. How will you know you've been purified? When the man's meanness and wickedness doesn't rob you in any way anymore. Every day you're saying that this man, just because of God, just know that you're not ready. Then you go to God, this, <laughs> this man, were you not for God? That's stage one. At least God is making you do something. <laughs> but the day when you start laughing, and they say, look at what the boss, he has written a bad report about you, and we know he didn't do anything. I say, leave him, let's pray for him. Let's pray for him. When he gets to that point, then you can resign. Then you are ready for the next level. The one you are still going home and your head is still... You see your wife say, hey, just thank God for me. I almost slapped that man today. <laughs> Please don't resign yet. You know, Christians, they don't know when to quit. <laughs> you don't quit a job unless God speaks to you specifically under that, that kind of pressure. If you really live like that, you won't find any other open door. All the doors go close. You stay until you have overcome. I don't know whether I get my point. Until the good inside you has overcome the evil. Until you don't feel threatened. Until you come there, you are smiling and there's no pressure on your soul. So you just relax. Then you know that God has worked in you mightily. Are you getting my point? That God has done something, and that, which was the reason why he sent you there in the first place. After all, your father was very nice, or has always been nice. Your mother, the same thing. You, you were brought up in a good home. You know, some people are so unfortunate. Everybody in their home is nice. No Jaguda. <laughs> so by that, you know why? Because in real life, things are different. Too. So when you want to start doing business, you assume everybody will pay you. <laughs> After all, your, your brother pays. Your father pays. Your mother doesn't owe money. So the first time somebody <laughs> gives you a bounce check, you're only like, did I die and go to hell? <laughs> Because no, no, I wanted to learn what this life is about. That's what I mean by some people unfortunate. So God, for that reason, your patience has never been exercised. Yes, nobody has been exercising your patience. Everyone's been nice 
and kind to you. So you think you're a patient man. <laughs> so God now takes you to a place where they will let you know that your, your basket of patience is empty. When they try a few times, they go say, pray, pray, confess the word, declare scripture. Patience will manifest. The spirit of Christ is in you. Say, I'm patient in the name of Jesus. Have love. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love. When you do that for two years, not two days, two years, I say, good, let's move it to another level. Because when you become president, you will see Boko Haram. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Look. The Lord is good. Let's leave it. God has to prepare you for where he's taking you to. He has to. He has to prepare you for where he's taking you to. The reason why God gave us work is to build up character in us. He said concerning Satan, he said, by virtue of the multitude of your merchandise, you have filled the midst of you with violence. That tells me that what you do every day affects the kind of spiritual trait that's inside your heart. So God says, I'm sending you to work. There, go and fill the midst of you with righteousness. Go and fill the midst of you with patience. Use the multitude of your activities to fill the midst of you with quietness. Before, when I'm driving like this, I used to have what a woman called road rage. Vex anyhow. But now, I may not be perfect yet, but I've come very far. I've come very, very, very far. The kind of patience that I learned from driving in Nigeria, you can't get it in America. <laughs> if you, no, if you've driven in America, drive in Nigeria, you need different levels of manifestation of divine patience. You know, they're doing uh, what they call autonomous car, drive autonomous car. I said, bring down, bring it to Nigeria. Then. Bring, Google should bring that car here. If the car not crazy because of a pothole, autonomous <laughs> car. Bus driver go jam the guy to the gutter. In fact, the car will freeze because, you know, these cars, they expect a certain degree of, you know, uh, you know, sanity around. The road must be marked. We marked our own before, now Porto come out. The Lord is good. Oh, let me close, let me close. We don't have to stay, <laughs> we don't have to stay so late every time. Okay, I think I've, I've actually done with, with the, well, I'm not done with everything, but at least let me, I think I can stop here, all right? So, what I've just said today is, please, let me just summarize it. It's, a, it's hard labor to improve your life, your spiritual quality, and it's work for God. That's what I'm trying to say. It's true service of God. Because if you don't do that, you're not useful. That's what I'm trying to say. That is the primary prayer you pray for yourself. Let me just drop that and then we'll close with it. Especially because we have, um, that is, I won't go into details. I'm just mentioning it just for completeness sake in case somebody is listening to this. Because those of us here, we talked about that on Tuesday. When we looked at how Paul prayed for Christians. When you want to pray for yourself, don't forget it. How did Paul pray for Christians? Because you must pray for yourself. Okay? But please remember, we're talking about how to work for God. Now, later I'll talk about how to pray as working for God. But now, this is praying for yourself, so it will not qualify for the kind of prayer we're talking about later. A prayer with reward. But right now, I just want to add that to the matter of working for God by developing yourself. There is a way you pray for yourself. It's unfortunate that many times we focus so much on using prayer to grab things for ourselves. Read the scriptures well. I taught that on, in our school of Bible exegesis when we began to study Colossians, alright? That was the first thing I explained, how Paul prayed for believers and how Jesus also taught us. Paul never thought that I pray for this Christian that they will get jobs. No. That was not the issue. In fact, Jesus said it clearly. 
Don't worry about those things. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so when Paul was teaching us to pray, the prayer he prayed for people, okay, was that they might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That they may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, to bear fruit in every good work, and then increase again in the knowledge of God. We know the very uh, popular one, popularized by people like Kenahagin and those who taught after him, Ephesians chapter 1. Paul prayed for the believers like this, that God will give unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of their understanding may be enlightened. And Jesus said, if anything is lacking in your life, he says, because you are not seeking the right thing. Just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing will be added. Listen, as a believer, praying for yourself must be centered primarily around that thing. Paul said, if you have personal requests, he said, let me put it like this. Cast them away from your heart and cast them unto the Lord. Are you getting my point? The way we reason about it a lot is this. As if Paul is teaching us how to get the requests, all right, answered. But if you look at this, the tone in that his letter to the Philippians in chapter 4, what he was saying is that remove the thing from your heart and commit it to God. Let him be the one thinking about it, not you harassing him about it every day. Are you getting my point? Then let your request be made known unto God. Then what he will give to you, Paul said, is a peace of God. You know, when I understood that thing, it struck me. That Paul was not even guaranteeing that you would get the thing immediately. Do you know the reason why? He understood that that may not be the primary problem of your life. And God should not be solving the secondary problem without tackling the primary one. For example, in the wilderness... The people were praying for the kind of food they did not have. And God said, that's not what you need. So sometimes, you must understand, what was he saying? That this prayer that Paul taught in that Philippians chapter 4, is a prayer of casting your burden upon the Lord, for he cares for you. That's exactly what prayer, Paul was also uh, teaching us in that uh, Philippians chapter 4. That is, it's about casting. But what we want to do is, we want to claim, 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 hold, 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 every day, every day. The need is centered, all right, in our heart. All our prayers about the personal need. No, that's not how God said we should pray. He said our prayer should be a casting away. So that if I pray about, okay, Lord, I need a new car, I need a new car. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I explain to him, this is why I need a new car. Lord, see you have heard. And I imagine to myself that he said, yes, I have heard. I thank him for the answer, and I leave it. Then they say, cars are getting more expensive. It used to be two million naira. Now because of this dollar thing, you know, cars are imported in Nigeria. So what are you going to do? You simply, you simply answered. With God, it is the same to buy a car with one naira as to buy it with ten million. Is that what the Bible says? Can stay with a multitude. Can stay with few money. That's how God is. So you say that. Say, so what do you mean? Say, I have already cast that burden upon him. The news of the falling naira and the getting more expensive dollar and therefore the importation of cars and the custom is not, is not allowed to disturb me. That's what Paul said when he said, you have the peace of God that passes all understanding. So if anything, if anything comes to your mind, you say, Lord, you know I've asked you about this. Please, I leave it in your hand. I don't want to think about it. Meanwhile, if I have to pray every day, Lord... I'm, I'm a businessman. Thank you for the assignment. I'm praying 
that you will teach me how to be a businessman that reflects the character of Christ. Like I said the other day that Christians, we have a number of things that our aims and our objectives in Christianity as business people. One, establish righteousness. Two, um, can you remind me of them? In any order. Money, as a rule, money making is last. So we say one, be a blessing to people. Two, establish righteousness. Have your own personal character improved by the multitude of your you know, activities and all of that. So you hear all of those and say, God, help me so that these things will be in, on top and the love of money will not be there at all. But money will be at the bottom of what I am doing. Being just a yardstick of measurement of my efficiency. Yeah. That becomes my prayer every morning. As I'm going to work today, I will bless people. The work that I do, I will bless people. You know, the other day, even though my lecture did not hold, but I do that a lot, a lot. I was going to class. I used to do, in fact, there are times in the morning you're just feeling bad. I want to go, because I teach university students. So I'm about to enter the class. I pause outside. I literally bow my head to say a word of prayer. Father, as I enter this class today, in the name of Jesus, the patience of Christ in me will manifest. I will be a blessing. My students will come to my class. They will learn not only pathology, but I will be able to affect them in other areas of life. I receive that grace in Jesus' name, and I walk in. Some of the people that became members of Kingdom World Ministries, you know, serious followers of uh, Pastor Banky, in quote, they met me in class while I was teaching pathology. Somebody I have in mind said, I'm having personal issues. And something in my mind said, this is my lecturer will be able to help me. Did not know I was a preacher. Why? Because I was teaching. said, so there's a way this man talks. I know he can help. So I pray like that. I'm going to class. I don't always feel like that too. Let's get it clear. Oh, you think I always feel like that? Oh, no, 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 no. Students never vex you before. Now you make you talk like that. They get on your nerves. That's the reason why you pray extra. Yes, said so today, love is patient, love is kind. I won't call anybody a fool today. <laughs> I'm talking about how Christians pray. The Lord is good. That's how Christians pray. So you pray that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You do that on a daily basis. You're a husband. Don't think you're a good husband. In fact, you're a bad husband. Let me just let you know, in case you did not know. You're bad. Chooks, you don't know anything. <laughs> Are you getting my point? How do I know? I've been married for longer than you, and I'm worse than you are. So, <laughs> so what we are praying is, Lord, love is patient. Love is kind. I have the ability to understand my wife. Are you getting my point? These are things, this, that's Christian prayer. That's Christian prayer. Not in the name of Jesus, my car is green and purple. Forget all of us. <laughs> Spend the whole day on motor car. And when Jesus comes, they leave the car behind. <laughs> no, no, no. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. So I don't want to return to this next time. So I just want to summarize it. That is what is primary in our hearts, all right? God, that's the primary work we are doing with him. We are working to make us exactly what he made us to be in Christ Jesus. I hope you've gotten my point here. Let's bow our heads and give the Lord thanks. We'll continue from that point next time. Next time we'll go on to talking about the fact that Secular work is the work of God. Everything you do is God's work. And God is sending us an assignment outside. Let's just read it out and say, Father, we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your liberating truth. It's very important. Serving him is not hard. He just wants us to know how to do it. He will pour his spirit into us.